0: Um, If you don't know who I am, my name is Adam Truex. My wife Megan is on staff. I usually am up there screaming into a microphone and playing a guitar, but today you're stuck with me out here, um, and it's my privilege to be out here. And so I kind of want to tell you where we're going, and then we're going to go there. So just to get us going, we've been in the middle of this series called The Journey, Becoming a Disciple, this series where we've been talking about what does it look like to become a disciple, a follower of Jesus? Right? We've been trying to figure out what that looks like. And the way that we kind of tackled that question of what it looks like to become a follower of Jesus is we said, well, we need to look at some followers of Jesus. So we looked at the disciples in the Bible and said, okay, how did they become a follower of God? Right? There's, there's no better example other than the people who sat at the feet of Jesus, so we might as well dig into what they've got going on. So that's where we started, and we've moved through uh, five weeks of this, and we're in the sixth week of this series, and this is the final week. It's the last week before we start our fall series, where we're going to be reading the book of Ephesians from front to back, all the way through to January, so saddle up. It's going to be Good. But I want to tell you where we came from and where we're going this morning. So starting in week one of this six-week series, we kind of talked about what it was like to be called by Jesus, where Jesus walked up to somebody and said, come, follow me, and they did, right? There's something intriguing about him. There's something um, that just made people tick, and they said, yes, I want to be a part of whatever this guy's got going on right? And so they said, yes, let's go. And then week two, that's like, okay, so we're following Jesus now. We're walking around with this guy, but what do we do next? Well, we learn from him. And Zach kind of talked about how we can learn from Jesus. And Jesus in Matthew chapter five through chapter seven taught the Sermon on the Mount. And the disciples sat at his feet and learned from him, right? The next week we talked about what did they do next? Well, they participated with Jesus in the gospel. They participated with him, They kind of joined with Jesus in doing the work, right? They side-by-side with Jesus, actually doing physical work that blessed people and changed lives. And then the following week, we kind of talked about our church vision and what it looks like to continue doing that work, to continue joining in the gospel, talking about Sabbath and disciple and sending people out. And then last week, Scott Talked about what it looks like to deepen our faith or deepen our trust in God. So we've got this picture of following Jesus, learning from Jesus, developing um, a a practice of participating with Jesus and doing the work, and then deepening our faith even more. When the struggles come, when stuff gets difficult, deepening our faith. And today, we need to talk about what it looks like to continue we can do all of those things and they might happen over the course of a, a year or so, but over the course of a lifetime, it gets really hard. So how do we move forward in this journey that is becoming a disciple? How do we continue on that path? And that's where we're going today. So if you've got your Bibles, let's open them to Hebrews chapter 10. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 10, we're going to start in verse 19. Verse 19. And it says this, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, as you read that, it's complicated. There's a lot happening, right? There's some words that are big, it's phrases that we don't say every day here, but I'm going to break it down into three bullet point thoughts, all right? These are our three points today. Forgiveness is here, draw near to God, and perseverance requires community. That's it. Forgiveness is here, draw near to God, and perseverance requires community. So where we're going today is we're going to dig through those three topics in this passage. And what it looks like to become a disciple. Y'all with me? Everybody awake? Cool? Sure? Alright, here we go. Forgiveness is here, right? forgiveness is here. Therefore, brothers, verse 19, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence. Well, what confidence do we have? We have confidence that we can enter in to a relationship with God. Why? Because forgiveness is here. The therefore, if you go back Further, in chapter 10, he's talking about Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for us. We can be confident because forgiveness is here. We can be confident because salvation has come. How has salvation come? By the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. You see, we have confidence by the blood of Jesus Christ. He gave his body and his life for us, and he's holding open the curtain so that we can have a relationship with God. He's peeling back the curtain to what is a relationship with God, and we can join in with that. How many of y'all have been to Kemper Arena back in the day, right? Kemper Arena uh, is not the best venue to see anything, but when I was younger, we went to the American Royal because there was usually a free country show after after the rodeo, and my dad wanted to see it. And so the rodeo happens, and there's bulls and horses and everything, and then a stage gets wheeled out by a giant tractor, and all the lights go dim. And I remember distinctly sitting. we were about, you know, halfway up the lower bowl, and <clears throat> is there even a lower bowl? Is it just one big bowl? I, can't, I don't remember. We we're about halfway up looking across, and there's all these tunnels that lead out into the concourse, right? Most arenas have this. There's all these tunnels, but I distinctly remember I was directly across from one. And the lights go out, and I watched the usher walk over and pull a curtain closed so that all the light that was coming from outside was blocked so that we could have this concert inside the arena. And whenever anybody wanted to go out, the usher would pull back the curtain and the light would hit me in the face, and then he'd close it again. And I was across the arena from it, right? This, this picture of Jesus opening the curtain so that we can go in. In fact, he didn't just open the court curtain, he tore it down. The Bible says he ripped it in half. There is no separation now between us and the light of God. There is no wall in place between us and the light of God. John, John chapter one, verses four and five says this, in him was life and the life was the light of men the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it in jesus was life and it was the light of men we can have confidence today confidence to enter into a relationship with jesus why forgiveness is here it's here we just sang about it breaking chains forgiveness is here we got to grab a hold of that. We got to grab a hold of that. Confidence. So, because we are confident that we've been forgiven, what's next? Well, we can draw near to God now. We are confident that we're forgiven. So now we can draw near to God. Right? Verse 22 let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. We can enter into a holy relationship with God without fear and with confidence because of Jesus' sacrifice. We've been washed clean. Here it says our hearts are sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies are washed with pure water. We've been washed clean. That separation, that sin is no longer there. So we can draw near. We should draw near to God. It's a really simple phrase, draw near to God. But what does that mean? How do you do that practically? How do you do that? Because I can just say, draw near to him. And that is great. But what does that mean? It's hard. It doesn't make sense. But we've been talking about drawing near to God this whole series. This whole series, we've been talking about it. We can learn from Jesus. We can dig into scripture, right? We can dig into scripture and learn from Jesus and have our lives changed. We can draw near to God. This is the breath of the Holy Father. Why not breathe it in, right? You can't get closer. We can participate with him in the gospel. Remember, Jesus was, 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 teaching people on a mountain they didn't have any food and his disciples came to him and said jesus we don't have any food send these people home so they can go home and jesus in matthew 7 verse 28 says this and when he finished the crowds no, i'm sorry that's the wrong passage matthew fourteen sixteen says but jesus said they don't have to go away guys You give them something to eat. Jesus is asking us to participate with him in the gospel. So, if we're following Jesus and we have confidence and a firm belief that we can enter into a holy relationship with Jesus, we can dig into scripture and learn from him, and we can participate with him in the work of sharing the gospel with the world. Right? It's this picture of what it looks like to become a disciple. How do we get closer to God? We participate in the work. We build deeper trust. When stuff gets difficult, we trust him more. We lean on him more. Why? Because we have full confidence that we've been forgiven, so why not lean in even more? Matthew 14, verses 28, Peter is in the boat, and Jesus is walking on the water, and Peter says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come out on the water, and Jesus says, come on, So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water. Deeper trust. God, if you're really asking me to do this, let me walk on water. Come on. Let's go. Deeper trust. It's really easy to say these things, but practically it's really hard. Practically it's really hard to do these things. To have a daily walk with God, to daily draw nearer to him is hard. It seems easy when we just say, oh, I just participate in the gospel. Oh, just whatever. But it's hard. And I understand that. I, back in June, uh, we adopted a dog, and his name is Flint, and he's a Sharpay Great Dane mix. So he's not giant, but he's not little. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy who goes after, like, phases. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to walk this dog every night. I'm going to do it. I'm gonna be that guy who walks his dog every night. Four nights, that's all I did. (laughs) Four nights. Then I got tired, something came up. I was tired of him tugging on the chains, 70 pound dog, ripping my arm off, right? I gave up, I got lazy. How often do we get a new Bible and we're like, I'm gonna read my Bible every day. I got this new one. It's a study Bible now. I got this new version. I'm going to dig into it, right? We make it three or four days. We put it aside. Ooh, I got this new notebook. I'm going to start, you know, journaling every day. And we fail all the time, right? It's not an overnight thing that we can become a disciple of God, a follower of God. It Takes a lifetime. It's a journey. Journeys aren't just week-long trips. Journeys are years, decades of endurance to continue this walk, right? We can have confidence that we're forgiven even when it seems like we haven't been. We can have confidence that God is in control even though it seems like he's not. And we can have confidence that we can have a relationship with him, even when we've turned our back and gotten lazy and stopped walking with him every day. God is still standing there saying, I'm here, draw near to me. I'm here, I'm ready, let's go. Right? It's hard to do that, but God is there with us. So how do we succeed? How do we succeed in this daily walk with God, this daily drawing closer to God? How do we succeed? Perseverance in a journey requires community. It requires community. There's a show, it's on Netflix. um, It's called The Long Way Round. It's a documentary of um, two guys who get on a motorcycle and they drive from London, England to New York City going west. And when they get to the edge of Russia, they get on an airplane, they fly to Alaska and then keep riding. They take the channel underneath the English Channel. One of them is uh, an actor, Ewan McGregor, and it's a wonderful documentary It's a wonderful documentary of what it looks like to travel the world on a bike, but the thing that they couldn't do was do it by themselves, right? They couldn't do it by themselves. It was the two of them and then about four hours behind them in a van and in a truck was the team of people supporting them, right? So they're off on their own, but there's a team of people right behind them. So when they got into trouble, the people would come and help. Hey, do you, you need food? Oh, your bike's stuck, you can't get through this muddy section? Let's go, we're going to pull you through. You need to get over a river? Well, here's a truck that you can put your bike on so you can get over this river. Right? They can't do it on their own. They can't get across the world on their own. And we can't daily walk with God on our own. We need others, we need community, we need support. Let us hold fast, verse 23, the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Then let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. All the more as you see the day drawing near. How do we persevere? We hold fast. Another term for holding fast is an unwavering embrace, an unwavering embrace to our own story of redemption. How do we persevere? We need to remember that God saved us. And in in, in here it says we need to hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. We need to hold fast to our own story of redemption without wavering. An unwavering embrace of what God's done in your life already. And that can seem hard when the waves are crashing against you. But hold fast to our story. How else we encourage others and we are get encouraged. Towards what? Towards love and good works. Towards participating in the gospel. And when we encourage others, when we go to somebody and say, hey, I see God doing this in your life, and he's doing this amazing thing, and I see it, and I recognize it in your life, guess what happens? Not only are they encouraged, but you also are encouraged. When you say, hey, so-and-so, you're doing this thing, and it's just amazing, it's really cool to see what God's doing in your life, it gives them encouragement, and it gives you encouragement, because God is moving, and he's real. It goes both ways. So the Bible's saying, hey, let's hold fast to what we believe in and encourage others to hold fast to what they believe in too. And to go after these things of Jesus. It says we need to meet together for the purpose of holding fast and encouraging. We need to meet together together. So so that's why we meet on Sunday mornings. Sunday mornings is a great starting point to hear God's word and to hear stories of what God is doing in the lives of his people. We get to worship together as a family. We get to sing songs. We get to hear from scripture together as a family. But then there are so many people who walk in here on a Sunday and they don't talk to anybody. Well, they walk in here and they just kind of sit and talk to the two or three people that they know and that's it and then they leave and they don't have any other community around them until next Sunday. So there's six days where the waves are crashing down and they're by themselves trying to hold fast to the story of their own redemption. And God is saying, you need community. You need people around you. Sundays is a great start, but there's gotta be more. And so that's why at Gateway, we offer life groups. Right? We offer this, this life group study that's a weekly meeting in the houses of the people of the church. It's a weekly meeting of the houses of the people of the church with the purpose of declaring the worth of God, examining scripture together, connecting people, and serving others, and enjoying life. It's a place where we can meet with each other and get real. Life groups start today. Today. If you're not signed up for one, get signed up, because this life is hard and we need each other. And when we can be with each other during the week, we can hold each other up, we can encourage each other, way more than what can happen here on a Sunday morning. Right, we need to be in life group because life together is huge. We've got this vision statement of church, know Christ, make him known, and enjoy the journey. And in my, this title of this sermon is enjoy the journey, comma, together. Because I can enjoy the journey all day long by myself, but if I'm not with others, it's not very much fun, right? You know, I I don't go to a sporting event by myself. It's not very much fun. Just to go sit by yourself and watch the Royals lose most of the time but win every once in a while. (laughs) Right? It's not very much fun. But when we're in community and we're cheering on the God of the universe, what a beautiful thing it is. Um, A couple of weeks ago, the eclipse happened. Um, And there was a a radio show, that I, a podcast that I listened to called Radio Lab that um, it's kind of a science-based podcast but they were talking about the eclipse and they had recordings of people from around the country that set, sent in the audio recording of when they saw the totality of the eclipse. How many of you guys got to see totality, anybody? Yes, it was awesome. I love me some space stuff, like NASA is the coolest thing in the world to me, right? I love it. My screens, my desktop background at work is like an astronaut on the moon. I'm a nerd about space stuff, right? And so I'm all hyped up about this eclipse. I've got the app on my phone that like talks to you and tells you exactly the moment when it starts and when it ends and when you can take your glasses off and it's just like walking you through it. I was on it, man, right? And uh, I kind of wanted to just experience it cuz my coworkers at work weren't that into it. I just kind of wanted to experience it by myself because I was so into it and nobody else around me was. And I just wanted to be by myself, but I was with my coworkers, about 20 or 30 people and we're in the parking lot of the bank where I work and totality comes and everybody's just kind of talking and you know playing total eclipse of the heart on their phones and They're kind of distracted, and the moment it hit, everybody's looking up, and they're just exclaiming how amazing it is, right? They're just exclaiming how great it is. And on this podcast, the recording, it's about this two-minute section, and I wanted to play it for you, but every single person, the first thing they said was, oh, my God. But they weren't declaring how great God is. But I was (laughs) when I was looking up. And I was glad that I was with a group of people who were also looking up at the same thing and saying, how great is this? And for us here in this place, when we're in community, we can look up collectively and say, What a beautiful name God has. What a powerful name he has. How glorious is he? For me, that eclipse was a picture of what it is to worship God in community. We could hear people down the block yelling, you could he hear people in the office building, on the roof of the office building behind us, going, yeah, right? And in this recording, on this, I, go listen to it. In this recording, people are sobbing and saying it's so beautiful. People are crying. There are thousands of people at this one location just cheering, just cheering. A round of applause just erupts. They couldn't do anything else when looking at what God can do. And we can't either. And so we need to meet together for the purpose of encouraging one another and looking up collectively, looking up to God and saying, isn't God great? Forgiveness is here. He died for us and we have redemption. He died for us. We have salvation. He died for us. We can now enter into relationship with God and we can look up and say, yes, how amazing is that? We can look up and say, collectively, as a group of people, we want to draw near to you, God, because you've provided access to yourself. So we want to draw near to you, and collectively, as a whole, we look up and we walk through these things of learning from Jesus, participating in the gospel, and deepening our trust. We look up to you, God, and together, as a group of people, we move in that direction. As a family, we move in that direction. Life group is where we take church and put it into real life. And we get down and dirty with each other. So if you're not in life group, get signed up. Find one, get into it. It is huge. There are stories after stories after stories of people's lives being changed, of people's growth in Christ deepening and deepening and deepening because of life group. Not because of Sunday morning, but because of Life Group. Get signed up for Life Group today. If you don't hear anything, get signed up for Life Group today, please. It's huge. It's huge. We can look up collectively. Forgiveness is here, and God is calling us to Him because of that. And we need each other. We need each other. So today, we're going to take communion, but we're going to do it differently than we've done in the past. In the past, the song is played, and at your, at your own pace, you've gone and you've taken the bread and dipped it in the cup and taken communion collectively. But today, as a family, we want to look up together. And so we're going to take communion together as a family today, so... Uh, Here during this song, a group of people are going to pass out communion cups. And they're going to look different than anything we've done before. This is it it's a little communion cup. And there's two layers. The top layer, you peel back, and there's the bread. And we'll take the bread together. And then in a moment after that, we'll take the juice together. But here's what I want to do as they're passing out. This juice and these crackers, here when the song starts, we'll start passing them out. What we want to do as a church is sing this song. the song that we just sang a moment ago, what a wonderful name it is. And collectively, as a church, we need to look up to God. Collectively, as a church, we need to look up and say yes to God. What a wonderful name it is. What a powerful name it is. What a glorious name it is. So let's pray and then we'll sing and then we'll take communion together. God is amazing. God, we love you and we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you've given us your word. And we thank you that you've given us your name, your forgiveness access to a relationship with you and God as we worship this morning let us collectively stand and with full hearts and full voices say yes what a beautiful name it is let us stand and with full hearts say yes what a wonderful name it is the name of Jesus that saved me from my sin, that saved me from my unrighteousness, that saved me from my own self, and that's powerful to redeem the world. So God, as we sing, let that resonate in our hearts.